Welcome to 321 Go the Podcast. I'm John Pelkey. And I'm Carissa Galloway, and we're bringing you stories from start to finish to keep the everyday athlete motivated to keep moving towards the next finish. Today, we're going to take you back to the weekend that was the Walt Disney World Marathon weekend. The stories, the costumes, the champions, the laughs, the tears, we're going to relive it all. And I say we, but I mean the proverbial we. So as we are recording this, I am out in the Disneyland Resort getting ready to welcome you guys back for the first time there for our awesome Disneyland weekend races. So we've got a very talented crew of announcers ready to do a little Monday morning quarterback on Marathon Weekend. We've got John, we've got Riley, we've got Tracy. And before we throw it over to John, a huge thank you to both of our sponsors. Sarah Akers runs on magic. She was there for Saturday race day. She's going to help you with all your future travel plans, whether it's Disney, a cruise, even dare I say universal. Head over to runsonmagic.com. Check her out. And then John and I both were recovering in our hotels with Norma Tech. I had my Venom back too. John did too. And I'm going to take my Norma Tech Go sleeves with me to Disneyland. Go to hyperice.com, use the code 321GO and save, and then tell us how amazing everything is. All right, let's kick it off with John, Riley, and Tracy. Let's do this. Turn it over to Mr. John Pelkey. John, how are you and where are you? Hey, Carissa. I'm at home here in Ocoee, Florida, recovering. Thanks again to Hyper Ice. My back feels great. Like them to work on something that would help my voice and maybe my sleep deprivation, but I don't think they have things in that uh, arena. Anyway, since Carissa's uh, out there doing overnight rehearsals in California, I have called on the ringers to help me with this marathon weekend recap episode. Wow. What a weekend it was. I'm excited to be joined by the team that helps make the magic at the start and the finish line and beyond. My buddy Riley Claremont and making her first appearance on 321 Go and definitely not her last, my friend Tracy Wu. Welcome, guys. You both look well rested given what we've been through the last weekend. For those of you listening, this is the Wednesday after marathon weekend that uh, that we're getting together to do this wrap up. Uh, now, before we get into the details of the weekend... Uh, Tracy, this is your first appearance on 321 Go, the podcast. Your origin story we'll be recording later. That'll come out prior to Princess, because we thought you being a princess. Oh, frankly, we thought, Tracy, if we didn't do it for Princess, you'd be angry with us. True. And you'd quit, and you'd trash the podcast left and right. Absolutely. So, since it's your first appearance, uh, tell first of all, how are you? Where are you? And then uh, let everybody know a little bit about you before we jump into this weekend. Um, I'm doing great. I'm finally over the weekend. Got some rest. Got like 10 hours of sleep Sunday night. Um, I am currently in Winter Park, Florida at my day job in an eSports um, practice space. I run. I help run an eSports team for a university. And uh, yeah, life is good. Let, we'll tell my story later. Yeah, and your first marathon, full marathon weekend. Yeah. So you were able to get back, you were able to get your sleep back together with a 10-hour sleep. Because, I mean, we all massage that a little bit differently coming out of the weekend. You just, like, did binge sleeping? I did. Well, I slept Sunday after the race for till about 5 p.m., and then I went home, and then I slept again from, like, 9 p.m. to, like, 7 or 8 in the morning. And I kind of half worked on Monday, 
I hope no one in my job is listening to this, but it was first day back at work after a week off. So, you know, I kind of took it easy. But yeah, it, it took a little bit, but I'm back back in the groove, back in normal schedule. Thank goodness. All right. Uh, and Riles, since we're talking about it, uh, I got most of my sleep uh, actually uh, last night because there was football on Sunday that I wanted to watch when I got home. So I forced myself to stay awake. And then the national championship game. Shout out to all those Michigan fans. We saw a lot of you over the weekend. Didn't see too many Washington fans. And again, Washington fans, you ended up the, one of the last two teams standing. So be happy about that. That was a great Michigan team, but um, uh, happy national championship to those Michigan folks. But Riles, when when did you, because I packed it into about the nine hour sleep last night. Uh, watched Dolphins Bills Sunday night, uh, went to bed after that, woke up about 4.30, got on the road by 5.30, was back up here, you know, around two o'clock. Uh, Emory, thank, uh, thankfully, yesterday we had a weather day. Uh, because we had a huge, massive storm come through. There's all sorts of flooding in the in the area. So she uh, she got off of school yesterday, which was perfect. So we got to spend the day together yesterday, and then she went in two hours late today. Um, but yeah, I, I've uh, our bed's so comfortable. I caught up on my sleep, on my uh, my uh, lactose intolerance, uh, which apparently I have over the weekend experience. Wow, that's we all. Yeah, that it, only, it only took me three days to 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 eliminate what other things could be, and then it turned out to be whole milk that literally made me very very nauseous three days in a row, and I felt so soft, so weak. But at least I've identified it, and it's uh, gone now. Well, I mean, you, you, you seemed soft and weak. We didn't want to get into oh, it. Now, you did a great job overcoming that. I have done weekends that. where I felt sick, too. That's not a lot of fun yeah. on one of those long weekends. Mine was yesterday. Finally, my lovely wife went out to dinner with friends, and I'm like, I'm going to have a glass of wine at 7 o'clock. And I fell asleep by about 7.45 and woke up like three hours later and then went to bed. Yeah, so so all caught up. All right, let's get into this weekend. It will be a memorable weekend given the weather challenges we had. But let's let's start at the beginning. 5k would we all agree that the highlight of the 5k and i'll throw this out to you uh first riles because you were down there with him were the bagpipes yeah I, I i don't i can't remember the gentleman's name but he was in full regalia the kilt i mean he just looked fantastic and you know he was holding the bagpipes properly or at least it, I, it looked like I mean, he looked so authentic i didn't think that it was going to be a big deal to put him on the spot and actually ask him to play and hopefully it was something that he was actually looking forward to doing and it turned out to be exactly that he actually could play the bagpipes very very well uh played a couple of numbers and it just it made our morning it was terrific yeah, now I think everybody's asking for uh, uh, bagpipes for the national anthem. I think there's that that has to happen at some point. Uh, all right, Trace, for the 5K for you, what was your most memorable moment in the 5K? I don't know if there's anything really specific. The bag, bagpipes are definitely cool. Um, that is Dan, actually. He is married to my friend Stephanie. Um, oh, wow, all right. Yeah. All right, Dan. I met Stephanie randomly one day at Epcot, and she's like, are you one of the Run Disney announcers? And uh, we proceeded to drink halfway around the world, uh, drinking. Um, anyway, yeah. dry January for for Trace. Yeah, so just point that out. Ten days, ten days. Um, yeah. In case you didn't hear it, the million six times she mentioned it from the stage. Uh, <laughs> from the dry yeah, this, this is gonna be kind of selfish, but for me, the highlight of the five k was working with Cree for the first time at the finish line. I learned so much from that brilliant human and he's just so talented and really knows his stuff and he took me under his wing and I've done finish line by myself so many times and having him like explain to me the difference between a hand crank and uh the the other I see this is how bad I am that I forget push rim push rims and and all that and then like every athlete that comes by is like did you know that this person has done this 87,000 times and did this in Kona and in blah 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 and it's just like 
I was in awe watching that human. Yeah. He's, he's. Well, he, and, and, and Riley, the great thing about Cree is uh, not only has he done a lot of race announcing, but he has been a, a, a participant. He's been a race director. I mean, he has worn so many hats. And we, we should let you know, if you, in case you weren't there and you didn't hear, Cree Kelly, our, 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 our lovely friend and veteran race announcer, and as I just said, race director and all those things, uh, announced that this was his 30th. Walt Disney World Marathon weekend, that this was going to be his last as an official uh, announcer. Um, so uh, we had to say goodbye to him. But yeah, he, Riley, he wears so many hats that that really gives you, because you're a big picture guy too. Uh, he helps give big picture to what's going on, not just start line, finish line. There's so much more that's happening. I think that one of our most important roles as hosts, race hosts, is to provide context, provide framing for the event to let everybody know that your what you're doing is gigantic and you are part of a gigantic scene here. So know your role, your place in it, you know, love and thrive within it. Um, and he does such a great job of doing that. And also just on a personal level, it's so great to work with a guy who, you know, the Virginia Military Institute, his background in the military, uh, you know, serving in Vietnam, like, like my brother. I mean, the stuff that he's seen, the stuff he's been through via war and his, uh, you know, his battle with cancer. Again, for the race hosts, it puts our experience <laughs> into such context because there we are standing in the trailer with a guy like Free who's been through it all. If you're struggling, if you're tired or whatever, uh, it puts that in perspective really, really quick. All you have to do is look at him and he's this example of, oh, no, no, no. OK, that's all right. If he can do that, if he's been through what he's been through, then what the hell am I complaining about? Right. Sorry, lost my mic there. For the, well, uh, and, and it was fun to read him comments of people who were complaining about shortening of courses and everything <laughs> and seeing increase head and the comments he's making about really, really, you think, you, you think that, let me, let me, let me tell you about Nam. Let me right, tell you about right, that. So right, anyway, yeah. uh, yeah, let me shout tell you out to Cree. I was walking up to a Huey for the first time about to be dropped off in the middle of the, you know. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. How about how about my uh, freshman year at VMI? You want to talk about that? Right, you want to talk about right. overcoming? So anyway, shout out to Cree. We'll talk a little bit more about him later. Uh, it, we, we will miss him, but certainly understand he's getting married in Kenya. Uh, Carissa will be there. Um, uh, and uh, we, we just, uh, we love he, Cree. We love Renee. Shout out to both of them. All right, so let's move on to the 10K. And I'm going to be really, really honest honest with you guys about the 10k um what i remember most was thinking about what we were going to have to do for the half marathon because the weather uh for the half i mean we we, we got that uh, uh report early and again for, again for those of you who may not have been here to central florida though i assume most people listening were weather reports in florida are they're they're good for about 15 minutes and then and then it's it's ever changing so for 10K, uh, and uh, and I'll start with uh, you this time, Rouse. What is your biggest memory of the 10K? I know we had the Country Bear singer that was outstanding. Yes. Um, but I was basically on stage and in my mind the whole time thinking, oh, God, what, do we, what what's the half going to be like? What are we going to have to do for the half? I think there were a lot of people. I don't want to say that they were distracted, but I think there were a lot of people who obviously had their minds on what's going to happen the next morning. Uh, the 10K was a joy. Uh, the, the people that stood out to me, you already mentioned, you know, the big owl, which it, it took a long time to get through, but we got through it and hopefully it was worth it. Also, I want to mention the folks from Ox and Spoon. 
they just give me life because the first night, I think they were raccoons and it's about five or six of them. And uh, for the 10 K they were a baseball team. And I forget the name of the baseball team, but they were great for the half. They were all Ronald McDonald characters. And one of them was, a, was dressed as Ronald McDonald and it scared the scary hell out Ronald of McDonald. Yeah, Let's say screaming terrifying yeah, Ronald just, McDonald, just, but uh, Lindsay and I believe, too. I believe her husband, uh, Jared, uh, the two of them, and, and I think there's other family members involved, but they just dress up. They do it every single race. And again, they just give me and everybody else so much joy. So that was my ho- highlight. Yeah, and Trace, you spent mo- a lot more time than we did at the finish line. We were sending off the waves, and you got to the finish line earlier. And one, one of the things that I sort of recognized, specifically coming up on 10K Day, because, again, I was so in my head about what we were going to have to deal with the next day and when we would actually find out what we were going to have to deal with was a question. Uh, was how joyous the finish lines were for this weekend. Oh, my gosh. They were incredible. And there were so many people who it was their first race, um, whether it was the five or the full, um, so many people finishing and just – Tears of joy at the end. I I love the finish line so much because you really see the effort that people put into it, whether they're a veteran runner or it's their first time. It's just gorgeous. But for me, and I'm, my biggest highlight yeah, go, go ahead, sorry. of the 10K was um, meeting Kyle and Brett Pease, who I know was they were on your podcast. Um, they were. I know Carissa had already met them. I didn't know who they were. I just saw them. And getting to meet them was really great and understanding what they do. And it it really reinforces the fact that it is a privilege that we are able to do this and for the runners, for us, for everybody. And since I've met them, it's really changed my perspective. I mean, not that I'm a negative person at all, but I'm definitely more focused on when things are hard, you know, it's still a privilege. Everything is a privilege. So I, they, they just changed my whole perspective on life. So thank you to those guys. And it was such an honor to meet them. Yeah, Kyle and Brett on one of the earlier and actually did not have an opportunity to interview him. Carissa did that on their own, but listening to that, it is really, really remarkable. For for those of you who maybe haven't done that, um, uh, they are uh, brothers that run and, uh, it, it, I believe it's Kyle, right? Who's in, uh, uh, who is the, the, uh, physically disabled, I believe he's, uh, cerebral palsy. Yeah. Cerebral palsy, yes, he has cerebral palsy. But uh, he and his brother Brent, they go. They they've done Ironman. They've done. They do all kinds of distance races. I believe this is the first time they made their way to, to Disney. So it was really really great to see them. And uh, and you're right. And right, she, uh, Trace, right. It's one story after another that we hear uh, people and people go, oh, what's the most inspiring story? You really can't nail it down because the stories go everywhere from hip replacement three weeks ago when I'm running to uh, the young lady who was the most memorable to me was the young lady who was running the dopey, I believe, and was having chemotherapy after each race. Radiation. Yeah, there was a, yeah. There was, Radiation, yeah. excuse well, me. Well, no, and there might have been somebody who was having chemo after every race. But yeah, that particular woman was having, was having, going, going, racing, running in the morning, going to radiation, then coming back and running the next day. Yeah, Something that uh, DW, because I think this might be a, a perfect time to share this, something that DW said on Facebook uh, just moved me, and I'm so glad to be recognized about this. Run Disney is more, this is his quote, Run Disney is more than the miles. It's about the people. It's about my fellow athletes. It's about the pacers, the Disney characters, the, the Disney cast members, the volunteers. It's also about the culture that these four have created and protect and nurture. And the four people that he was talking about was John, Carissa, Tracy and me. And of course, we can bring all the other hosts into that. We can bring Mark Ferreira into that. We can bring Matthew Hamill into that um, uh, as well. But that to me is what's starting to really read is that, and I was talking to Michelle about this just the other night, and and I would love to hear your, your thoughts on this. Back in the day when I first started for years, it was all about 
keeping it fun, keeping it light, keeping it energetic, keeping it moving. What's your goal? Did you did you train? Blah, blah, blah. What's your personal goal today? It was all wrapped up in the, in the nomenclature of running. And that's fine. And there's definitely a place for that. And we don't want to lose that. But the fact now that Run Disney literally has transformed into people being uh, comfortable enough, safe enough to share their personal stories, whether it's struggles with emotions, mental health, or physical health, uh, where they were 10 years ago in a very different spot where they are now, that journey, I think it's just added such a new dimension, a new level of, uh, of, uh, of what, what am I looking for? Not ethos, pathos. Pathos, but in a good way. I mean, all that. It's just brought everybody together to hear these stories, to know what their fellow athletes are going through. And I am just so proud that we have been allowed to nurture that, to protect that, and to build that uh, that 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 part of the Run Disney family to allow that to flourish and for everyone to be able to hear those stories. I think it's added a brand new, a whole different level to this entire experience. Yeah, that, that's absolutely true. And am I a bad person? Because when you said ethos, pathos, I wanted to say Aramis and mention that The Three Musketeers <laughs> is one of my favorite book, well, books of all time. And the Richard Lester movies are absolutely brilliant. If you haven't seen them, Tracy's looking cross-eyed at us now. We're, we're the four musketeers for the Run Disney family. I'll have to. If we could be dressed, is there, if, if there's a musketeer uh, Disney movie, right? Because if I could be dressed as a, I still think the Three Musketeers, the musical, is the musical that needs to be made, and I need to be in it, though now I'm like Cardinal Richelieu or the <laughs> the the corpse of King Louis the Twelfth or whatever. I don't Run know, Disney family, it. all for one and one for all. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it should be pointed out uh, that really the biggest... Uh, the biggest issue uh, for the 10K was the fact that I was not dressed as Thomas O'Malley, the alley cat from the Aristocats. How does that happen, John? Um, it's passive aggressiveness. It, uh, I think he did it on purpose. Mark Ferreira, who you mentioned, and Matthew Hamill, a director of ours, Matthew, previous director, Mark, uh, the director now. He's also one of our closest friends. He's been in my wedding, as is Riley. Um, I have said repeatedly that the Aristocats is my favorite animated Disney feature. Repeatedly? Uh, said that, you know. In a perfect world, and I know it's not a perfect world, and maybe that was the lesson I needed to learn from Mark Ferreira. <laughs> maybe he needed to do that it's not a perfect world. Um, Tracy, however, was dressed as uh, one of the cats from Aristocats, but but we really have to move on because I don't want to. I don't want to focus. We're focusing on the positive. We're not going to focus on the negative. Uh, his name is Mark Ferreira. Search him on social media. Hashtag Why isn't John dressed as? Uh, Thomas O'Malley. Well, and somebody and brought you a sign. sign. Yeah, I was gonna and say. I have the sign. I have kept the sign. And I may bring it to every race from now on. So, all right, moving on. And as mentioned, people love it when they get like a behind the scenes look at what we do. So 10K day, we knew weather was uh, coming in uh, for half marathon. So I'm going to give everybody a peek inside and thinking, oh, what what was going on? But here's what we knew. There was weather that was going to be coming in. Uh, producers and directors were all hanging out with us. What we knew was that there were several contingencies being looked at, depending on what the weather was going to be. And again, in Central Florida, lightning is the biggest issue. As we saw on full marathon day, you can run through a cloudburst, and all of you had to, out of nowhere. Um, but lightning is, is, is a big problem. And it's not just a problem people have to understand for the athletes. It's the volunteers, the race staff that get there much earlier, some of them up all night, and being able to get things in place for that. So what we knew when we walked away from the 10K, uh, and I will speak for everyone here because ostensibly it's my podcast, uh, <laughs> out in the Chris and my podcast, is that 
Um, we knew that there were several contingencies looked at, looked at, obviously the worst being that we would have to cancel. We didn't think that would be the case. Uh, the other was that the shortening of the race might happen and then possibly an earlier start. So, uh, we found out, um, the same time really that everyone else found out. It had already, I found out actually because somebody had gotten the digital, um, program guide or whatever they call it, the digital race guide. And it had already popped up there before it popped up because I was monitoring social media. Uh, I knew at some point we'd get a text letting us know, but, uh, we, so I don't know what time, does anybody remember what time? It was around maybe four thirty, five o'clock in the afternoon that, 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 that message came through that, all right, we're going to be shortening the race and starting 15 minutes earlier. Um, then because we're curious to those things. I don't know about you, Trace, but I know Riley and I immediately went to social media to see what the responses to all of this were going to be. And I will say there were obviously people were disappointed as, as were we, yeah. even though we were, were going to get off earlier in, in uh, the, the next day, we'd have a little bit longer to, uh, to relax. We're all disappointed that we can't do all of it because people of first time, so many first time half marathoners, first time dopey, you know, you want to, you, you want to go the distance. And so many people went the distance on their own, the, the, uh, the extra distance, which was remarkable to watch people running in the parking lot and whatnot. Um, but, uh, I just want to shout out to those people because there were, there were some, obviously there was some trolling as there always is on social media, people who weren't even involved in the race saying, Oh, that's such a ripoff. You need, you know, ask for your money back. Blah, blah, blah. The, the number of people who chimed in with positive response to them, like, look, safety is obviously the, the, the first issue for anyone. Uh, and particularly, let's be honest, a large corporation with a lot of uh, responsibility towards the safety of the people who are taking part in, in an event which can be inherently physically difficult, and there are a lot of challenges going on, uh, I was just really, really taken aback by how much positive support the Run Disney decision got on on uh, online. Um, and I'll start with you, Trace. How did you feel? Because I know you. We, we all talked about that. How did you feel about the response from the Run Disney community? Um, honestly, I was terrified to go out to the shoots to because I I was nervous actually reading social media that people would be so upset and take it out on me because I'm out there. Um, but nobody did. Um, I am also lucky because I, I usually hang out around Corral A and B, so they're more experienced runners. But everyone was super happy and they were just grateful that they were able to do a, at least a little bit instead of getting canceled. Because I know a few years back, the half got canceled, correct? I don't yeah, know the half was canceled. I think 2000, maybe 17 or 18. Yeah. They don't run so they, a lot of them had run that or were going to run that. And they were like, you know, I'm just glad we get to do a little bit of it. And, and I will say for those listening, even though it didn't seem like a lot of rain and whatnot, there was lightning in the area just because it wasn't near us there there's some rule i don't know what the rule is it's like six miles five miles i think it's i think it's 10 is it 10 but it has to be you know that far because it can affect a lot of people but for the most part everyone was super grateful i mean the only negative i saw was on social so i never saw it personally and i talked to a lot of people at the start line so i'm i'm glad it was awesome yeah, and Riles, I think we all had that, we, you know, going into when there's a shortened race or we have to let people know bad news and stuff. We, all, we always worry, just like Tracy said, that people are going to take it out on us. And that's fine. I mean, if you want to yell at me, you know, if you think if you think I made that decision, then you're not paying attention. Uh, but uh, 
again, the support that we got online from the from the people who were really uh, upset about it all and explaining to some people who said things like, well, can't they just start later? And that seems like a, uh, it, we could, but when you take into account you're running through different theme parks that are open for guests who have nothing to do with this, you have volunteers out there, you have people who are working specific shifts, it's not that easy to make a change. And we got, again, so much support from our Run Disney family on uh Appreciating that we made a decision that gave people, if not their entire uh, event, more than half of oh, yeah. their uh, of yeah. their miles, yeah. and uh, and keeping them safe at the finish line, which is really what we're. No, just to re- just to repeat that. that, any any negative comment I saw on social media, or anyone who was just clueless talking about start the race later or start the race tomorrow, or any of those things where they don't take into account any of the logistics, all they're thinking about is. This is my experience. And again, we get that. We get the disappointment. Absolutely. We get, my God, to work and to train and to, and maybe this was your first one and then it gets taken away from you by an act of God, uh, Mother Nature. Um, that's tough to deal with. But in every one of those cases where someone was complaining or someone was saying, why can't they just do this? Or why can't, or I'd be done with my race in time. There was a sea of people calling them out, just reminding them that, look, it's not just about you. This is a collective. This is a community. And we can't we can't start the race the next day because equipment literally has been rented and has to go back. To your point, John, there are all sorts of cast members and volunteers who want to go on with their day. They want to get back to their families by a certain time. Maybe they need to get back home by a certain time. You're asking everyone to be, to extend and to be complete. It's just, it's just not possible. So just to wrap that up, I was very heartened that, yeah, nobody came after any of us as far as I know. And every time I saw any sort of negativity on social media, the community came in and said, this is why you can't do that. So that was, that was. And again, the finish line was as joyous as I remember. Dan- I remember dancing in the rain. Well, Steve and, Weinstein uh, out- just playing, playing a you know, playing the, the <laughs> all every rain song imaginable. People got into it, and you're right. I n- yeah. I've never seen as many people crossing that finish line, singing the lyrics, dancing. So credit to him, credit to everybody for handling that uh, just about as well as you could. Yeah, we, we we love Stevie, and shout out to the fact that when I requested "Fool in the Rain" by Led Zeppelin, play the whole damn song, the people, whole thing. all of it. Yes. Didn't cut it at the bridge. Play the whole song because that bridge goes to a samba and people were dancing for the samba for that. So, yeah, I I honestly I I said that 20 years of doing this and uh, which I hadn't realized until Chris and I got there, though, I've probably been told a thousand times 20 years of doing it. I I do not remember people being as uh, joyous and fun at the finish line through a rainstorm. Yeah. Uh, at, at times, a really annoying rainstorm. And at other times, it was, you know, it, it, it kind of backed off a little and, and just seemed a little misty. But uh, Riley, you have a question. Thank you for no, raising no, no. your hand. I, I just I want to bring attention to Cheer Squad as well, because Cheer yeah. Squad was out there from before dawn. They sat through the rain. They sat through, you know, all that weather that came through. They did it again on Sunday when we got even a heavier rain that nobody expected. But folks at Cheer Squad, all the folks that stayed out there on the course cheering their athletes, cheering all the Run Disney family, credit to those folks as well. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was unique. And as I said, I said to uh, Jeff Galloway about uh, the weekend, it's like, you know, even the people who are like, oh, so disappointing. They're going to remember this one. They may do 10 Disney uh, marathon weekends, and this will be one of the top two or three that they remember because it was, you know, a little catch as catch can on that half marathon day. And then we can now segue into the big dog, the full marathon where we thought Hey, we've overcome all of our weather challenges. This is going to be outstanding. And then we literally had an Old Testament cloud burst for about an hour that dumped more water 
that I have seen on the course so quickly. So let's get to the full. First of all, Trace, let's let's step back a little bit because it was your first weekend Ooh. working the whole damn thing. Full morning of the full. What were you feeling, and what was that like? I, I was excited. I, I was grateful for the extra couple hours of sleep that we got because the the half was shortened. Um, but holy cow, that is a long day. <laughs> I was nervous. I was I at one point I looked at my watch because I was getting tired, and it was only ten thirty, and I'm like, oh my, we have a, a lot to go. But then, as the um, later corral started coming into the finish, my energy got you know, rebooted, just, it was like taking a Red Bull. Cause again, it's, you know, everyone's super happy. The the music's pumping, the beers are starting to come through the finish line. Like it's a party and, and it was a blast, but holy cow, that's exhausting. That is really exhausting. But yeah. And you have to put into, I, I just put into, uh, put it in my mind is, you know, for all, as exhausted as I am, mm-hmm. there are people out there running 26.2 miles, which I still believe yep. is humanly in impossible exactly. and that this is all done with CGI. But again, I've been disabused of that fact. Uh, yeah. How about you, Riles? It, it seemed to me like everybody was really, really extra pumped because of the problems we went through on, on half. And it, and it really looked like we were going to have a nice dry run to the finish. Yeah. I thought, I thought the rain, because it, you know, kind of came in and got out, even though it was a deluge, uh, kind of, uh, you know, added a, an extra layer of I mean, a, a romance or epicness or something, you know, just a different dimension, a different depth to that whole day. Um, so I thought that was fun. Thank God it, it came in and got out pretty quickly. And then the sun came out and it was and all weekend long, other than the rain, other than the lightning uh, issues. Temperature wise, I think everybody had to be very, very happy with just how cool it was, not just for the races in the morning, but just all day long. I mean, I think the whole uh, marathon weekend experience, except for a couple of pockets of bad weather, the temperatures were just absolutely gorgeous. And I think people's mood reflected that. Uh, Tracy, when you talk about being exhausted, yeah, I mean, we used to be out there for the whole time. You know, we were par- we were too paranoid to go back and take breaks in the trailer. So we would certainly pace ourselves, but we would be out there for that entire, you know, finish line experience. And, you know, it's kind of a happy, sad thing that thankfully now they've put us on grids to where we actually have break times, which we need. Um, but that also takes you off the course when maybe some of the people that you've been talking with all, you know, all weekend long come through. So that's the only negative about that. But as far as just our working situation, very, very grateful for the grids and very, very grateful for just for what you guys have already said. Everybody just seemed to be ebullient. They were in such great moods all weekend long, no matter what. You and of course, Travis, yeah, yeah. Travis and Kel, I mean, uh, Travis and, uh, and, uh, you know, just that just killed me. That was just the Taylor. best. Absolutely. Yes. Travis and Taylor Swift. And by, by the way, the guy who uh, was playing Taylor and got the lyrics wrong, he's raised like over six figures, uh, for different charities as well. So we want to give a shout out to that guy because he, he was very, very funny, but also very funny in service of a good, good cause. No, yeah, Riley, absolutely. You, you actually said about um, you told me to take a break. You're like, you're on break. And I didn't leave. And you're like, you need to go on break. I'm like, I can't. My friend's coming through in like 10 sure. minutes. Yeah, but we all need to take our breaks because otherwise we make everybody else look bad. You know? I know. It's, and like, also, a, it's like a union talk. situation. You know, nobody I can know. do the, the, the gig for less money. I just also. For the, yeah, for the exactly. time I was out there, I didn't talk, so I was saving my. That's brain. the that's the other thing is only so many voices at a time, and oh, we get man. out there because we have Car- we have Carolina and Cree as well. So try to break it up a little, and it is sad when you miss uh, some of your friends. But uh, I was pretty lucky; the vast majority of people that I say uh, that, that that I know at the finish line, I was able to see. So those of you that I didn't, so sorry. Hopefully, you'll be back for Princess or uh, Springtime surprise. So uh, yeah, it was uh, it was very memorable final, as mentioned. Cree Kelly, thirty of the marathons and just talking to him about 
when it all started and the fact that no one had any idea that it was going to become what it what, what it is now. Um, and uh, so it was great to get to walk Cree over the finish line uh, for his final uh, Walt Disney World marathon. And uh, just just the uh, again, shout out to all the folks in the cheer zone who many of them stood there through through the deluge. Um, to quote, uh, the living seas, that's, that's still a thing, right? The living seas. I haven't been up to the front end of Epcot in a while. I generally, <laughs> yeah. I generally come in from, I think the living seas, right? Anyway, help me out. That's on this, just guys. the giant aquarium thingy, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's okay. one of my favorite, it's one of my favorite things, but I'm, they, they have that. I'm sure the people that work with, there really appreciate it being referred to. That's just the giant aquarium thing, right? I'm sorry. It's when you come out the people of there with know, degrees, man, they're scientists. All right. All right, they're marine biologists, they're oceanographers. My God, Tracy, don't be so reductive. I mean, it's beautiful, and I like it. I just, I'd rather ride rides. Sorry. I just don't think you're ever going to get a role as a marine biologist in a film now, just because you've 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 really played them or an ichthyologist. Really, I'm Asian. I've played scientists a million times, and I will again. Yep. And mathematicians, I'm I'm sure. All right, so. That was a marathon. It was, uh, it was indeed memorable. Uh, also memorable in, in another way. I want to shout out to all of our anthem singers, Monica Quinn, uh, uh, Elodie Germain. Uh, what is it? Michael Santiago? Was it? No, no, no. And you know what? Uh, well, it was Chris were here. She'd be able to, but I was shout out to Michael because he was great. But then on marathon day, uh. I, for all of those Dis nerds out there, the Dapper Dan's, Singing the national anthem, definitely a highlight. Uh, I have introduced national anthem singers in the past where they've gotten polite golf clap applause. Um, it was explosive applause for the Dapper Dance because somebody that people actually know. Right. Oh, and it was beautiful. And I didn't get to see them when they did that, but I saw them at rehearsal and I actually videoed the whole thing because I'm just like, oh my gosh, I get to see the Dapper Dance right in front of me singing the national anthem. It's so epic. They killed. They killed. And again, shout out to all of our anthem singers, because again, if you know, and uh, all three of us right now on this podcast have musical theater backgrounds and the idea of singing the national anthem at 455 in the morning, 454 in the morning is is brutal for me. And you know, you know me, uh, my treat my body like a rodeo, not an athlete. Didn't, you know, don't, don't enjoy running out to the shed. And it's only about a hundred yards from where I am right now. If you said to me, all right, you got two choices. You got to run a half marathon or you got to sing national anthem at 455 <laughs> acapella at 455 in the morning. I'm like, can you give me a minute? <laughs> all right. And the third choice is we remove a limb. I'm like, ooh, all right now. See? Now <laughs> you got that, me thinking. <laughs> which, which, you got would me choose, thinking. which would you choose? I'd probably try to sing the anthem, yeah, but yeah, I can only yeah. you know, in my mind, it's it's they did a uh I talked to Riley about this. They did some survey recently, and there's some ridiculous survey that says like 65, 75% of adult men believe that if something happened to the pilot while you're flying on a plane, uh, on a passenger jet, you could I could land the plane. You know, that it's so ridiculous. You couldn't. <laughs> We're all doomed. I think if Let's somebody if somebody in the tower is talking you through it. I've seen enough movies. I've seen enough, you know, daytime television that if somebody's right. in the tower talking you through it, sure. you know, you sure. can do it. You could do it. Sure. Okay. Uh, I seem to think that probably I couldn't. Uh, if I if I really think about it, and the other thing is, I think that oh gosh, no one shows up to do the anthem. I I I could do that. 
probably couldn't. I'm <laughs> sure I would forget the words. I, I, Enrico Palazzo, the whole that, thing. That's Bunch the thing, John and Tracy, is that it's not air. just being able to, yeah, it's not just being able to technically sing at that hour when all of us, your body's just used to being asleep. It's also, you know, yeah, I'm going to forget if there's ever a time to forget the words or reverse something, it's at, you know, 4.35 o'clock in the morning. My God. And a random, be a lot of, be a lot. Random story. Cool. But when I was in college, I sang the national anthem at a volleyball tournament, um, a pro volleyball tournament. And I, I, I didn't grow up in this country. I moved here when I was 18. And I actually had a cheat sheet on my shoe. That's smart. <laughs> That's just smart. Nice. I, I sang I the anthem know. before a football game once and oh. got through it, but it was terrifying. Yeah. No, I was because there've been a couple of events that I've done at Disney where it's like, where's the where am I gonna have the anthem singer? And 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 everybody's like, All right, John, you're talking about you have a musical theater <laughs> tattoo. Let's go, brother. And I'm just looking at the DJ going, You have an you have an instrumental version of this, right? You can, something you can play because I, I I don't know I could get through it. So shout out to all those games again. Uh, Monica, Elodie, Michael, and the Dapper Dans, whose names I don't know, but I'm going to call them uh Luke, David, Peter, and Paul. That's who. That's who they were. Uh, <laughs> the Dapper nice Apostles. Work out of, not, not, nice work out of you guys. All right, since uh, Carissa's not here, let's talk what? about her. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Weston Galloway, our producer, uh, emeritus editor, really the the one responsible for any success that this podcast is having, <laughs> and our guest um, said, "Hey, you know, do you have a favorite Carissa story?" And I was going to throw it all out to, to to you guys, and we were going to have our favorite. But there there is only one favorite Carissa story from this weekend. Um, for those of you uh, who may not have seen, uh, we were dressed as Chip and Dale, Carissa and I, for uh, 10K. Love the great costumes. Really enjoyed them. Uh, doesn't make up for the Thomas O'Malley thing, but that's another story for another day. Um, <laughs> there was someone dressed as Chip or Dale. They didn't have the nose, so we couldn't tell what it was. And um, <laughs> you know, if you're on stage enough. You can both at some point you're going to say something that's uh, either stupid, uh, inappropriate, double entendre. And sometimes you might be able to touch on all of those things. Now, I don't think what Carissa said was stupid. No. Uh, so she was she was uh, two for three with the <laughs> vaguely inappropriate thing. Uh, she said because he had uh, uh, a little bag. Uh, uh, the gentleman who was running had like a little bag, maybe to put his phone in, and maybe a water bottle, something. Uh, and it was it was uh, dressed up like the costume. It was essentially part of the costume. And Carissa said from the stage, and oh my god, I wish I had a drum roll. She said, "Look, he's also got some place to put his nuts." That's legit. Just that's science. Just let that sit there. Sit there for a minute. And the problem with that is when you're working with somebody that you've worked with for 20 years and, you know, and you can all attest this being on stage. Sometimes we live for that thing that goes wrong when you're up there because it, it just keeps you focused. And there's always a place. So Carissa said that. And then we made eye contact. And at that point, we couldn't speak. So we had to, I think we had to throw it down to you, Riley, to kind of get us out of that. No, and I'm but laughing that was too. My it, 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 favorite just, moment. Oh yeah, the best moment for us, uh, for our crew, you know, of the entire weekend. And that's the thing, man. You know, we we we're all live performers, and the first rule of live performance, I, I, I think, in any way, is if you f up, feature it. Don't act like it didn't happen. I understand that if it's just simply a television broadcast and you can edit around it, that maybe you don't want to bring attention to it. But if it's a live thing on stage in any way, shape, or form and something goes wrong or somebody says something that's funny, you got a feature. You can't ignore it. And I think that the audience, 
whether it's in a theater or whether it's run Disney, I think they appreciate it when they see everybody on stage having a good, good time. I think it's authentic. I think it's real. I think people appreciate it. Tracy, would you agree with that? Absolutely. Now it, yeah, absolutely. I wish I had been there for that moment though. I, that's it, the best part of it for me was other than not making eye contact and knowing that she was going to lose it. And I was, uh, the best part for me was that kind of about three quarters of a second where no one had any response to it. Cause it has to work in your mind going, <laughs> right. is that really what yeah. just was? And then, and then it sort of built. And, uh, so shout out to Carissa for the, the funniest moment, clearly, um, of the weekend. And also we should take a shout out because we mentioned Tracy, your your first full marathon weekend, but we also added in a new member of the team. Riley and I, fairly certain he's there to replace one of us oh, yeah. uh, sooner than later. Oh, it's coming. Uh, our, our friend Matt Pablo, who did a fantastic job, and he really had only shadowed, uh, by, uh, I think he shadowed one pre-show uh, at Wine and Dine weekend, and then uh, really kind of just got dropped into the mix. And he, I, I, I know you guys agree, but... Uh, I can't say enough about what a great job Matt did. Uh, he's a total pro. Um, I was out there with him for the most part. He had a lot of great questions. And then, you know, when it was time to deliver, um, he delivered. And he has that thing, you know, even though some of us, especially when we first start, we have a tendency to go on for too long. Certainly, I do this on podcasts. Uh, but but his stuff was pretty measured. And uh, And the bottom line is he has that thing. You know, mm-hmm. we've all seen people on stage, on camera, who it just it doesn't translate. They can be great in the green room. They can be great in rehearsals, but it doesn't come across on camera. And that kid just simply has that presence on camera, on stage that you can't teach. So, yes, agreed totally about Matt Pablo. Oh, and he has right. so much energy. And I have to give him kudos, too, because on the full, he came from a gig in St. Pete directly to the full. That kid had no sleep. And was still, his energy level was perfect, and he was just great, and just kudos to him. And I really enjoyed working with him. Can I just say, too, getting back to Carissa, that punchy Carissa is the best Carissa, because she's a total (laughs) pro. She stands up on that stage, and there is never, ever a pause. You know, you, you, Johnny, you can take a little break, or, you know, I mean, she just, she takes the stage. She's got stuff that she wants to get across. She wants to inspire people. But then all of a sudden, something will catch her eye, or she'll say something, or one of us will say something, and she gets a little punchy and silly, and it changes her physically. She'll start making moves on stage, and I just, I don't know. I love it. I think it's hilarious. Right. I, I've still, I still need her to explain to me what bagpipe style is. She goes, let's dance bagpipe style. <laughs> yeah. And I just looked at her like, I don't know what that means. No, and then she got days. down and started yeah. doing this weird hip hop move. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. It. it was, it was, it was, it was weird and something that we need to revisit, uh, in, in later races. Uh, yeah. I, it, the, the funny thing is after she said the, the nuts, uh, <laughs> the nuts moment, it's just be referred to as the nuts moment. Uh, then she turned to me when I think when you were driving and was going to try to explain what she meant. And I was just like, no, 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 no don't, don't. There's no point. No, and it's it, also it innocent sad. and fun. You it's know what I mean? It's, nobody's getting offended by that. It's people, hilarious. Of course. And if they are, whatever. Yeah, go run Flying Pig. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. I learned so much about Flying Pig. For I those know. Of you listening who know what that is. <laughs> flying Holy Pig God, let us was, run in the rain and the lightning. I had, to, I had to go and look it up because so many people uh, mentioned it. And it's like, ah, oh, you, want, you want to run in a thunderstorm? Here you go, people. Have at it. So, all right. Uh, before we uh, we get to the mailbag, and you guys are going to hang for the mailbag, um, favorite interview of the weekend, and we may have touched on this earlier, but you know my memory is, uh, I, I don't know, we could talk about the Battle of Gettysburg, but I don't remember the beginning of this interview. 
Uh, Trace, did we, uh, you mentioned the piece. Was that your favorite interview of the weekend or your favorite moment with a with an athlete or athletes? I would say that's in the top three. Um, but I think one of my favorites is um, this gentleman, William, who I met either at Springtime or at Wine and Dine. I, I saw him again this year. And this gentleman, I don't know what it is about him, but we just had this connection. And uh, he's actually, he says he's going to be my new financial planner because that's what he does for a living. But this gentleman, I would say, is in his late 50s, early 60s, just started running like five years ago, has lost over 200 pounds and is now in A Corral. And uh, most of the people in A are, you know, are younger and, you know, super in shape. And, and, and I mean, he's in shape, obviously, but not, you know what I mean? He's like normal. He's normal. And and right. just we're not- calling you we're calling you elite runners abnormal. We've just done it. Well, they <laughs> are. Let's be honest. A lot of these people like zero body fat and I run a seven yeah, mile. I don't approve of that slow. at all. No, no. Um, so talking to this gentleman, it was really cool to be able to reconnect with somebody. And it wasn't like. And like, kind of going back to what we're talking about as Run Disney becoming family, this gentleman was not just a runner at a race who I'd met before. Like, we have actually become friends. Um, we're not connected on social media or anything, but it's like, it felt like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen you. And like, you know, seeing a college friend again and and just being able to reconnect what's going on in your life, what's going on in my. And that to me was probably one of my favorites because I just felt at home and it felt like I was with a buddy. And definitely the pieces um, learning about their foundation was amazing. And I've actually gone to their website like three times. I'm like, how can I help? And I really want to help. And one of the things actually that they, I'm kind of veering off a little bit, but one of the ways to help is like, they, it's like, if you can volunteer your legs to run a half marathon with our athletes. And I actually thought about it and I'm like, maybe I should start training it in and I could volunteer for the Peace Foundation and run with a disabled athlete. We shall see. I don't think I'm fast enough to commit do Commit to it. Commit to it on the podcast. Commit to it on the podcast. I don't know right if I'm now. fast enough. Even at my fastest, I only ran like an 11-minute mile. So I don't know with pushing a, a, a chair if that would slow me down a lot. I would assume yes. But we'll uh, see. Well, I can try. I'm going to put right. that out into the universe and let the universe tell me what to do. You're the only one of the three of us that's ever run a half marathon. So if anybody's going to commit to it, it's going to be you. How about you, Riles? You remember? Any, and I do remember why the 200 pound guy, because I just was thought, you know, I need to lose like 25 pounds. And it just honestly, you might as well have told me I need to get to the top of Mount Everest. And then you hear about that. And you're like, OK, all right. Lady, well, look, I, get you know, this is something I don't know. And I'm going to find out about my I mean, I've, I've spent a lot of time running from the police back in the day, but I don't you know. I've never done it formally in a race. So we'll see if all that stuff comes back. For me, what if I dress, Riley? What if I dress as like a a, a police officer ooh. and and chase you? Okay, all right, a little motivation. That's what my brother's going to do up here while I train for the five k in the spring. Is that he's going to he's going to he's going to dress? He's, we've got some of my dad's old you know police uniforms, and he's going right. to run around chasing chasing me. Uh, for right. me, uh, uh, there was a, a couple of guys, a couple of people come to mind. Uh, there was Glenn. That's it's the one guy's name I remember. Glenn. Uh, a year ago, uh, had his head open because he was having brain surgery. And this was not a, a young guy either, uh, probably our age, maybe maybe a little older. I, I, I probably Glenn was probably in his 60s. But a year ago, had his head open, brain surgery, didn't know if he'd ever run again, and God only knows what else comes with that when you have brain surgery. And yet there he was, running the half marathon, running the full marathon. It was just absolutely great, great to see him and to be able to talk him across the line. And I think both of you guys, will, everybody will agree, that's the best part is when you establish a story and then you're able to see them finish their journey. Uh, Lindsay Reed from Ox and Spoon, another one who years ago had had brain surgery. The doctor literally told her, you'll never run again. 
and here she is taking part in all these races. One last guy whose name escapes me, but maybe you'll remember it, uh, but he was one of the guys at the full that said, last year I ran the marathon, I got swept, I'm back to do it again. And we saw that guy cross the finish line, and he crossed with a pretty good time. He wasn't he wasn't towards the end. You know, the balloon ladies were nowhere near this guy. So he was ready. And, and again, just all those stories. And one final thing, John and Tracy, so many people running by, slapping hands, giving hugs, saying thank you for what we do. And again, I am I'm honored, I'm flattered, we all are, that you guys would even say that to us. But we mean it every time where we say, no, 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 thank right. you. Because the only reason that we are inspired to say the things we say, to feel the way we feel, is because the reality on that course for the 5K, the 10K, the half, and the full, it is all about the athletes, and we can't thank you guys enough. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I was surprised. There were people still coming up to me and congratulating me on my 5K that I ran back in the spring. And I'm like, are you ki- at the end of their marathon? Right, like, are right, you kidding me? Right. I am a circus clown, honestly. <laughs> oh, my God. So, yeah, thank you. And, and again, it, it's just it really is inspiring. And it, it does get us through the weekend. All right. You guys are going to hang around um, for the for the mailbag. And so I'll, I'll pay you off then. And thank you. Normally, it's Carissa and I, but she's out there on the West Coast, probably in the midst of some rehearsal for uh for uh for the race out there in Disneyland because they are I mean they do like some sort of major rehearsal scene study uh, I believe there's a Meisner class that they have to take they have a dramaturg John and Tracy they have a dramaturg <laughs> ridiculous perfect perfect athletes listen up it's mail call time announcer free present all right thank you Sarge. This one comes from Bruno in Colombia, so we really probably shouldn't talk about it, but we're going to do it anyway. What makes Marathon Weekend different? I've been to Wine and Dine and the former Star Wars Weekend, but I've always heard there's a different energy around Marathon Weekend. So outside of the distance and the extra day, why do you think this is and why should I make it a must on my calendar? Either you guys want to handle that first, because I have some feelings about that. Riles. Um we felt it uh, the morning of the marathon and it kind of, you know, serpentines itself through the whole weekend where yes, 5k fun, 10k fun, half fun, but a little more work. But man, that morning when people show up to the marathon, there's a different vibe. They're not nearly as playful. Um, it's still a very positive, still very warm and welcoming and safe vibe, but people are focused. And when you take that start, you know, when you talk to them about, did you train? Did you not? I mean, the, the, the reality of what they're about to attempt physically weighs on everyone there. And then when you see them at the end of the day, uh, they are they are changed physically. You see it written all over their faces. They're, that stitch some of them get where they have to lean to the side. And it makes it that much more moving for all of us because you realize that, yes, 5K is an incredible achievement. 10K, half is an incredibly uh, incredible achievement. But the marathon is the marathon. And as Jeff Galloway says, running never lies. And there is no lying about that marathon. And that, I think, permeates everyone's feelings throughout the day. All right. Good answer. Trace? Well, again, this was my first full marathon weekend. um, But I think there is a sense of because there is an extra day. You said not talk about the extra day, but I'm going to. Because there is an extra day, there is more time also for camaraderie. I think Um, a lot of people spend more time cheering each other on and whatnot. And even, you know, those who don't run the full are there to support those who ran the full. And, and, and I don't discredit people who run just the 5k or just the 10. And I hate that term, just the, but they, they understand how much more difficult the full is. 
and even the dopey and the goofy, my goodness, I can't even fathom the concept. Um, but there, I don't know, there's just a sense of camaraderie that is more intense, I think, during this weekend that I haven't seen in other weekends. Like other weekends are super fun, but this I think has a little uh, extra focus and a little extra, I don't know, it's just harder. So people understand that and support people more, in my opinion. Yeah, no, and and I didn't say we couldn't talk about the extra day. It was just, why is the energy different? And I think, Riley, I think you both touched on it because Ryle's saying, you know, you know that this final act of the weekend is going to be daunting right. uh, for almost anyone. And I mean, so many people running dopey and then even the people doing goofy, I mean, it's going to be daunting because you're now going to run more than you have the previous two or three days, which is absolutely crazy to me. And then to your point, Tracy, what I was going to say is it's just longer to tell the story and people have gotten to know some other people that maybe they didn't know. They met them 10K and now we're going to stay together and help each other uh, on uh, on marathon day. I said it from the stage and I've said it on this podcast before. It's the most individual of sports, but when you're out there, you feel more supported than I, I, even the team sports I played way back in high school. It it just, there's just something about the level of support that you get when you're out there. And when it's an extra day and you know, again, we're all theater actors. Second act's supposed to be shorter than the first act. And it's it's much longer. And it it really is crazy. So that's what I would say uh, to Bruno is that uh, put it on your calendar because it is an, Again, an achievement that I will, I'm never going to run a marathon. I will say this right now, but it is such an achievement. And also just being part of that family for that extra day, that, that seven hours. And when, you know, when you bring in, when you got out of a bed that morning and drove over 11, 12 hours that you've spent with these people and, uh, and some of you crazy nut jobs, then going to the park afterwards and celebrating it, which I just will not ever understand. Uh, you're going to the, uh, to just the aquarium at Epcot, maybe. I don't know what you're going to do, uh, just to quote Tracy there. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it, it really does. It, it has a, a different energy. And I think that, that it's both of those things. It's just what you're going to do. And then the fact that we're telling the story for an extra day. So I hope that answers it, Bruno. We, we shan't speak of you again. Uh, because we don't want to get in trouble with our good friends at Pixar and Disney. All right, guys, thank you so much for sitting in for this wrap-up weekend. As mentioned, Tracy Wu, we will have you back on prior to Princess, so we will get your entire origin story. And uh, Riley Claremont, we've already done that with you. I'm yeah, sure Tra- you'll be Tracy, back for the- just real quick, don't, don't start at birth, okay? I okay. literally started at Doctor's Hospital in Carl Gables and went through that. I thought they wanted that. Apparently not. He did. No, I thought the junior okay. high years, though, Riley. Most people have chimed in that your junior high years were the were were, were uh, the part of your story that they most enjoyed. And I, then I it was learn. seventh grade. I've known you for a long time, Riley, and I did learn a lot about you listening to that, though. So I'm I'm grateful. I kind of liked it. Thanks, Trace. All right, well, go- <laughs> guys, thanks so much, and uh, I won't see you soon enough. But I, what are we? Seven weeks? Six yeah. weeks away? Like Forty days. Princess. All right, guys, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. Thank bye, you. bye, Weston. Bye, Carissa. Bye. Hi, Tracy. Bye. <laughs> All right, athletes. Here's the drill. Time to shape up your diet. Carissa, give them the goods. Well, in today's Healthier You moment, we're just going to have a simple tip, and that is to remind you to hydrate, especially if you're coming off those race weekends or if you're still having your focus on princess, springtime surprise, training over the summer. Hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. You've heard of the eight, eight-ounce glasses of water, and there's literally... No science behind it. So the best thing to do, take your body weight, divide it in half, 
and aim for that many ounces per day. If you are one of those people that simply knows you don't drink enough water, get yourself a larger Yeti. If my daughter were here, she would tell you to get a Stanley. They're super cool, she says, um, or a big bottle. And that way you can really do a better job of tracking your intake throughout the day. Even setting those little alarm reminders on your phone, hydration goes a long way to performance. It also goes a huge way into fatigue, your focus, and fighting off feelings of hunger, which might lead you to add more carbohydrates into your diet when really you're just thirsty. So cheers to you. Get that hydration. And if you want to get a better gauge on your overall nutrition, if your goals for this year are weight loss, more energy, or just feeling better, we can do that with Healthier You. It's a 12-week online nutrition course. What we're going to do is we're going to give you nutrition education, meal plans, all kinds of good stuff. We are enrolling now. So go ahead and sign up. It's at GallowayCourse.com and use the code PODCAST to save a little money. Hey, if you're new to 321GO or one of our beloved veteran listeners, we want to thank you so very much. We got a lot of really positive feedback this weekend, and we really appreciate it. Please subscribe, share on social media, and once again, thank you. We also have a new way for you to support us. See the link towards the bottom of the show notes to become a supporter of the show. So thank you. We love you. If you have any ideas for an episode or a chat topic or question, please email us at 321GOPodcast at gmail.com. Once again, that's 321GOPodcast, one word, at gmail.com, and we will see you real soon. Bye-bye, everybody.